This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the radio and the internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We continue our God is sermon series with today's message, God is God alone and in charge. Here's Pastor Kramer. How goes the battle in your life? If you're feeling a little battle-worn today, God's Word has some encouraging news for you. Stay with us as we continue our sermon series, God Is. We begin our worship in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Almighty and loving God, we come before you this day with hearts and minds in need of your strength and encouragement. We ask that you speak to us through your life-giving word this day. Amen. Joyful, joyful, we adore thee, God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts unfold like flowers before thee, opening to the sun above. Melt the clouds of sin and sadness, drive the dark of doubt away. Giver of immortal gladness, fill us with the light of day. All thy works with joy surround the earth and heaven reflect thy rays. Stars and angels sing around thee, center of unbroken praise. Field and forest, vale and mountain, flowery meadow, flashing sea. Chanting bird and flowing fountain, call us to rejoice in Spring of the joy of living, ocean depth of happy rest. Thou our Father, Christ our brother, all who live in love are thine. Teach us how to love each other, lift us to the joy divine. Today's reading is from 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 14. Hezekiah received Sennacherib's letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. Then Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord, and he prayed before the Lord and said, 
O Lord, the God of Israel, who are enthroned above the cherubim, you are God, you alone of all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. Hear the words of Sennacherib, which ye sent to mock the living God. Truly, O Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste the nations and their lands, and have hurled their gods into the fire, though they were no gods but the work of human hands, wood and stone, and so they were destroyed. So now, O Lord, save us, I pray you, from his hand, so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you, O Lord, are God alone. recently asked a friend of mine that question. He is struggling with depression, which is a real battle. Not so good was his response. This is hard. I asked a pastor friend of mine that same question quite a while back. He and his congregation had been experiencing some overwhelming challenges and obstacles to their ministry. He said, things are looking up. God's good. I asked a young man I was meeting with recently about his battle with drugs and addiction, and he, he smiled and reported that he had just passed a year and a half of being drug-free. 
and he knows every day is a battle. So how about you? How goes the battle in your life? I know from personal experience that life can feel like a battlefield for us some days. The battles can be physical, emotional, spiritual, you name it. The Old Testament story that we're looking at today is about a battle, actually an upcoming battle that looked quite hopeless. It's 701 BC and Jerusalem was surrounded by the Assyrian army, the undefeated world power of the day. This Assyrian army had already captured a good share of the ancient world, and they had captured even the northern kingdom of Israel and ex exiled them. It now turned its attentions to the south and began invading some cities of Judah. It looked as if they might now be on the verge of actually capturing Jerusalem, the capital city, the big prize. Now, Hezekiah... He was the king of Judah at the time. He was a good king with a capital G. He obeyed God, took down all the idols of the land, and walked in the ways of King David, who was considered Israel's greatest king of all time. God was with Hezekiah, and the nation prospered. And even though his nation was small, he still stood up to Assyria and refused to, to serve its king, trusting that God would take care of his own people. Well, the Assyrian army, who was knocking on the door now of Jerusalem, they were a scary and powerful lot, known for their extreme savagery towards their enemies. For instance, they would behead enemy leaders and hang them decapitated bodies from trees just for show. They would line up the prisoners and put a big hook in their noses or a bit in their mouths like an animal, they would run a rope through these hooks and mouth bits and, and march them off into exile. Boy, you didn't want to trip with those in your mouth or your nose. The Assyrian army was led by King Sennacherib, who had never tasted defeat. And so things looked bad for Hezekiah and his people. So when the Assyrian army moved towards Jerusalem, Hezekiah apologized and sent a peace offering of silver and gold to Sennacherib, hoping to win him over and stop those Assyrians from invading the city. But it didn't work. Sennacherib said to Hezekiah, too late, too late for that rebel. He sent three of his high officials to meet with some of Hezekiah's officials and demanded immediate surrender. The, the official who did all the speaking for the Assyrians uh, was called the Rabshaka. The meeting took place at the main water supply for Jerusalem, located near the walls of Jerusalem. And people were looking down from the walls, trying to listen in to their conversation. The Rabshaka spoke first to the officials of Hezekiah, saying, Surrender and come out from behind your walls now. Your God cannot save you. He won't save you because he's angry. He's angry with Hezekiah for tearing down the idols. In fact, the Lord said to me, go up against this land and destroy it. Your God is actually on our side. You see, he was thinking of Assyria's conquest of the northern kingdom of Israel when God backed Assyria to punish Israel for their disobedience. Now the Assyrians were assuming the same thing goes for Judah. 
To make matters worse, he then turned around and shouted in the hearing of all the people watching from the walls of Jerusalem that they were fools to trust in Hezekiah's leadership and even more foolish to trust in their God to deliver them because it was obvious that the gods of Assyria were far more powerful. He also tried to entice them to surrender with this promise. He said, come out, make your peace with us now, and we will provide a bright, plentiful future for you, a new promised land. So don't listen to Hezekiah any longer or trust in your God. Your only hope of living is to surrender to us. Well, Hezekiah's officials came back to Hezekiah, tearing their clothes along the way, which was a symbol of being distraught and grief. And they were shook. Of course they were. They told Hezekiah the words of the Rabshakeh, and Hezekiah tore his clothes and covered himself with sackcloth. And guess where he went? He went to the house of the Lord, the temple. He went to church to be with God. He also sent his officials to Isaiah, God's prophet, seeking a word from the Lord. Isaiah sent word back to Hezekiah quickly. Thus says the Lord, don't be afraid of the words you have heard, which have reviled me. I know what's going on, and I will put a spirit in Sennacherib so that he'll hear a rumor and return to his own land. In fact, I will cause Sennacherib to fall by the sword in his own land. In the meantime, the Rabshakeh went and reported to Sennacherib that Hezekiah would not surrender, but would Fight them to the end. So Sennacherib, the king, sent a letter to Hezekiah uh, telling him he was being a fool for trusting that God would deliver him. And in this letter, he wrote basically, your God is lying to you when he promises that Jerusalem will not fall to me. Your God can't and will not help you. Look at our record of victories over all the other gods and kings we faced. You can't win this battle. Hezekiah, being a man of faith, took the letter into the temple again and prayed to God. We read that earlier. Listen to the prayer again. O Lord, the God of Israel, enthroned above the cherubim, you are God, you alone. Of all the kingdoms of the earth, you've made heaven and earth. Include your ear, O Lord, and open your eyes and see. Hear the words of Sennacherib, which he sent to mock you. Truly, O Lord, the kings and kings of Assyria have laid waste the nations and their lands and have hurled their gods into the fire because they weren't really gods, just wood and stone. O Lord, our God, save us, I pray you, from Sennacherib's hand, so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you, O Lord, are God alone. That is a real prayer of faith, isn't it? A prayer of faith in the bigness and the power of God over everything. It's not only a prayer that asks for deliverance, but it's a kingdom prayer, basically, that God would be known and glorified among all the kingdoms as God alone. Show them, God, who you are, Hezekiah was praying. The next day, Isaiah the prophet sent a word from the Lord to Hezekiah saying, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I've heard your prayer concerning Sennacherib, and this is the word that I have for that king, Sennacherib. Whom have you mocked and reviled? The Holy One of Israel. You think you're so great. You boast of your accomplishments. Nothing but arrogance. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. You see, haven't you heard? 
I determined all this long ago. I planned from days of old what now I bring to pass, that you should make fortified cities crash into heaps of ruins, while their inhabitants, shorn of strength, are dismayed and confounded. They've become like plants of the field and like tender grass, like grass in the housetops, blighted before it's growing. But Sennacherib, I know you're rising in your city. You're going out and coming in, and you're raging against me. And because you have raged against me, and your arrogance has come to my ear, I will put my hook in your nose and my bit in your mouth, and I will turn you back on the way by which you came. As for you, Hezekiah, I promise you and your people shall remain where you are and will soon be planting and harvesting again. Normalcy is coming. Sennacherib will not enter this city, for I will defend it to save it for my own sake and for the sake of my servant David. And guess what? Sure enough, the next morning when the people of Jerusalem looked out over the walls of Jerusalem towards the Assyrian army's encampment, guess what they saw? There was no movement or stirring or signs of life, for Sennacherib's army lay dead, all 185,000 of them. They had been slain by an angel of the Lord during the night. The battle and victory was the Lord's. And when Sennacherib heard about this, he gathered his troops and went home, defeated, with his tail between his legs. And sometime after this, the other part of Isaiah's prophecy came to pass. Sennacherib was assassinated by two of his own sons while he was worshiping one of his gods in his temple, who couldn't seem to protect him. I would call that poetic justice. He couldn't protect him because that God didn't exist. There is but one God alone. We now have some important words, don't we, to add to our list of who God is. God is God alone, and he is in charge. Let me say it again. God is God alone, and he is in charge. He's almighty. He's omnipotent. He holds this world in the palm of his hands. Now, as one of God's own through faith in Christ Jesus, I don't know about you, but I need to hear that truth about God again and again because sometimes the future looks hopeless on the surface. The battle looks bad, like bad and evil and godlessness is in control and headed towards a major victory, just like in this story. The battle looks lost for us. And you and I both know that being God's children doesn't make one immune from hardships and trials and temptations and attacks as we strive to serve him in the world. The battle is on for us every day. We're under attack. Scripture tells us there's an enemy who seeks to tempt and destroy us along the way. He's behind it all. The Apostle Paul in Ephesians 6 talks about this spiritual warfare that we're in the midst of in this broken world as we wait for the final consummation of history. Hear these words. Finally, Paul writes, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against enemies of flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. We are still in a battle, but don't be afraid. 
Don't give in to despair. That's what we, that's in our story for today. We see that our God is God alone. He's in charge. There's in fact no other God. All other so-called gods are human concoctions that cannot help anyone, that cannot overcome you. Don't you suppose that Satan was at work in all of this paganism and darkness that was going on in Assyria and the surrounding countries? Only God, who has revealed himself to us ultimately in the person of his son, Jesus Christ, has the ability to save us and give us the strength for today and the bright hope for tomorrow. In Christ, the battle has been won. God alone holds this whole world in his hands. History is his story. We see again in this story that nothing and no one is going to get in the way of his redemptive plan to save his world. He's already written the ending, and it's good and perfect. So come, Lord Jesus. He knows what he's doing, this God of ours, even if we can't understand it or see his hand at work. All I can do is stand firm with him, trusting in his word that the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. I can still be still before him, like Hezekiah, who went to the temple to be alone with God, for he is with us. I may not have a prophet to turn to, but I do have God's solid authoritative word for me in scripture to turn to and trust in and follow, and so do you. So seek his counsel and strength and open it daily and get to know him. You don't have to face life alone. And like Hezekiah, you and I as well can humbly and confidently approach God in prayer, knowing that he answers prayer in his way and in his time. He can do all things and know human problem is too great for our God. This is a prayer story today, a great prayer story, teaching us always to turn to God in prayer, ask for help, for his kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what Hezekiah did. To paraphrase Hezekiah, he said, Lord, things look bad, but you're God alone and in charge of everything, so I'm turning to you and leaning on you to intervene so that you can be glorified before all the kingdoms of the world, teaching them that you are God alone. This truth, that he is God alone and in charge, gives me unflagging hope. There is no enemy that can stand against him or against us. Ultimately, God in Christ has defeated our greatest enemies, sin and death and the power of the devil, to the death and the resurrection of Jesus. A glorious day is coming when they will exist no more. They'll be destroyed once and for all. There's a new heaven and a new earth coming for the children of God. And in the meantime, we confidently wait and serve God as the kingdom of God does its mop-up operations. And we know that there's nothing, and I mean nothing, that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah! Kings and kingdoms shall come and go, but God's kingdom is forever. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, and I hope you are, as you face your battles, I encourage you to be confident in the Lord in all matters. And as you serve him as one of his beloved, be a person of prayer and seek his word and be still and know and learn over and over again that he and he alone is God and in charge and he loves you. He gave his son to make you his own forever. That's how much he loves you. Back in the 16th century, there was a fellow named Martin Luther 
who took a psalm, Psalm 46, that some Bible scholars have speculated was written following this Hezekiah story, and used it to write A Mighty Fortress, a hymn which reflects Luther's awareness of our intense battle with Satan, and which also celebrates the truth that God is God alone and the victory is ours in Christ Jesus. Let's listen to it now, and even sing along with the words of that hymn and have our battle-worn souls revived again. Amen. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. For still our ancient foe does seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great, and on with cruel hate. On earth is not his equal. Did we in our own strength confide, our striving would be losing. Were not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing? You ask who that may be? Christ Jesus, it is he. Lord, saw of his name, from age to age the same. And he must win the battle. And though this world with devils filled Should threaten to undo us We will not fear, for God hath willed His truth to triumph through us The prince of darkness grim We tremble not for him His rage we can endure For lo, his doom is sure one little word shall fail him. That word above all earthly powers, no thanks to them abide. The Spirit and the gifts are ours through him who with us triumphs. Let goods and kindred go, this mortal life also, the body they may kill, God's truth abideth still. His kingdom is forever, His kingdom is forever, His kingdom is forever. Now to the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. You've been worshiping with the radio and the internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray you have found encouragement from today's message. Christian Crusaders is a nonprofit ministry dependent upon the free will gifts of our listening audience. 
Many people choose to remember a loved one with the memorial gift, which can be given in memory of a special person on their birthday or another meaningful occasion. If you would like to make a donation in loving memory of someone, send it to Christian Crusaders at 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. Or visit our website at www.christiancrusaders.org. Our website is secure and extremely easy to find. Important links to podcasts or rebroadcasts of Christian Crusaders programs, as well as daily devotions and our podcast interview with well-known singer and Christian songwriter Michael W. Smith. So be sure to visit our website soon, and we encourage you to click on the Give link at the top of our webpage and discover a variety of ways to support this ministry. As always, we are thankful for each of you for your prayers and your gifts. We are happy you chose to join us today, and we look forward to worshiping with you again next Sunday. Conducting our service was the Reverend Steve Kramer, speaker on Christian Crusaders, now in its 85th year of broadcasting biblical truth.